Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. everybody welcome to the wednesday edition of the locked on islanders podcast today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right we have got a lot to talk about today the nhl coming out with a, a tentative announcement uh not yet official but an idea being reported from up in Canada as to what the daily schedule will look like once the playoffs get underway. So hockey fans certainly want to hear more about that and uh, we'll get a better idea as to when and where the Islanders will be playing. We have our Islanders birthday of the day. We have the latest on Ilya Sorokin. We have a look back at a, a very special TV appearance that the, uh, Islanders made during the dynasty years, and we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, plus a whole lot more. We're going to have a preview also of two players, one on the Panthers, one on the Islanders, who very well may have a big hand in determining the outcome of the Islanders' opening play-in playoff series uh, coming up in about three and a half weeks. So lots to get to today, and uh, don't forget, if there's something that you would like us to discuss, you have a question, a comment, a topic, you could show, uh, send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, leave your name, where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air as we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. So, all right, let's, uh, let's think about this right now. The NHL has made an announcement, uh, not official yet, but Bob McKenzie of TSN is reporting that the NHL has planned to schedule three games per day in each of the two hub cities. So three games every day in Edmonton, three games every day in Toronto, and the times of those games are tentatively scheduled to be, and this is all local time, so Toronto would be the same time as here, Uh, Edmonton would be an hour or two behind, but the games would be at 12 noon, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. local time. So you're talking about six games uh, played over 
15 hours each day for hockey fans to enjoy. So if the NHL is able to resume play and get things done that way, that's what we're looking at. Sort of a a, a feast of hockey for fans where there are six games every day and how many of them will be available on television, you know, that remains to be seen. I would assume here in the United States, NBC and or NBCSN plus NHL Network will probably be broadcasting most, if not all, of these games. And, and obviously because of the pandemic, to a large extent, uh, many parts of the country, it's, so to speak, a captive audience. Nobody... Uh, going out the way they normally do, and and even though Long Island is, you know, today coming back to Phase 4, a lot of people understandably cautious, not rushing back to bars, uh, movie theaters still closed, restaurants still, you know, mostly outdoor dining, indoor dining may, you know, be started, but at very reduced capacity, so under the circumstances... Uh, If you're home, and a lot of people are, you've got six hockey games each day uh, during this opening round of the playoffs to watch, and that should be exciting. Again, training camps formally getting underway July 13th. Teams will travel to their hub cities July 26th, and the 24-team play-in playoffs start August 1st, so... Those are the tentative dates, still waiting on the Players Association and the Board of Governors to officially vote on this and, you know, confirm it, but I would say that the odds are extremely strong that that is indeed going to be the case. Meanwhile, talking a little bit more about Ilya Sorokin, and everybody is curious as to what's going to happen, and according to a, a, a tweet uh, this one by Joe Pantor, uh, P- P- uh, Pantorno, excuse me, uh, said that Daniel Milstein, who is Sorokin's agent, uh, told Pantorno, quote, we will be discussing options in the coming days. So th- realistically, based on that tweet, which was done uh, yesterday in the early afternoon, we're talking about, you know, pretty much a decision by Sorokin on whether or not to sign with the Islanders, I'm estimating it's got to be done either, you know, this week, maybe Monday at the latest, and, you know, it all depends whether or not Sorokin can get over here safely and and avoid quarantine and whether he could stay with his teammates. And, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, issues that need to be worked out, obviously logistical issues, but the Islanders eager to sign him, get him over here, lock him up, hopefully long term, and get things underway. But uh, one step at a time, and again, we will keep you up to date on all things Ilya Sorokin, both via Twitter and via uh, this podcast, which we do every day, Monday through Friday. So Sorokin, expect a decision 
very soon as to whether he signs with the Islanders for the playoffs coming up. He cannot play, but he can sign, and that would at least guarantee that he arrives here and joins the Islanders organization. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront, so why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they deliver it directly to your door, which is a nice benefit right now during the COVID-19 pandemic. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, time for our Islanders birthday of the day. And, and this is an interesting one. Goes back to... The early days of the franchise, actually, a, a player who played with them for parts of their second and third season on the island. But here's the thing about our birthday player of the day. He was acquired uh, for a player who was probably one of the most popular players on the Islanders at the time of the trade. And then when he was traded off the Islanders, uh you know, a little less than a year later, the Islanders acquired a player who went on to be a huge and important part of their initial playoff run. Uh, any history buffs out there having guessed, the player we're talking about today is center Doug Rombaugh. And uh, Rombaugh, turning 70 years old today, a native of Fergus, Ontario, 6'3", 200 pounds, big man, uh, for the 70s especially, as far as the hockey world was concerned. Now, the Islanders acquired Ramba in a trade that uh, from the Buffalo Sabres, March 10th, 1974. So late in the 1973-74 season, the Islanders' second season in the NHL. And the Islanders gave up Brian Spinner Spencer, in that trade, he went off to Buffalo, and Spencer was, without question, in the first year and two-thirds of the Islanders' existence, one of the most popular players because of the way he used to hustle and and move and hit anything that moved. Rombaugh joins the Islanders, plays in 12 games in 1973-74, scores three goals and four points while accumulating eight penalty minutes. The following season, Rombaugh played in 28 games for the Islanders, uh, five goals and 11 points to go with six penalty minutes. Ironically enough, on a team that, you know, struggled, especially the first year that Rombaugh was with them, he was a plus one in 73-74 and a plus six 
in 74-75 with the New York Islanders. And again, especially in 73-74, they were not winning a lot of hockey games. So overall, uh, 40 games played, 8 goals, 7 assists for 15 total points and 14 total penalty minutes for Doug Rombaugh. And then he is traded on January 5th, 1975 uh, to the Minnesota North Stars, along with Ernie Hickey. And in exchange, the Islanders get J.P. Parise, a player who obviously scored one of the biggest goals in Islanders history and was a huge part of the Islanders' playoff run in 1975 that got them past the Rangers in the preliminary round overcome that 3-0 deficit against Pittsburgh in the quarterfinals, fell behind 3-0 to Philadelphia in the semifinals, forced a seventh game by winning three straight before Kate Smith sang God Bless America and put an end to that magical 1975 playoff run. So Rombaugh, part of uh, two trades involving very popular Islanders players. And we're going to take a look at one of his best games with the Islanders. We're going to March 24th, 1974. So this was the first year, the first season that uh, Rombaugh was with the team as the Islanders traveled down south to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Flames. Jerry Desjardins, the goalie for the Islanders. Fiery Phil Meir was the netminder for the Atlanta Flames, and it was the Flames getting on the board first with Billy McMillan in the box for high sticking. Jacques Richard scores his 24th, Bob Leiter and Tom Lysiak on the assists at 10.45, and the Flames took a one to nothing lead, but the Islanders came back. Billy McMillan, his fourth from Burt Marshall and Billy Harris at 13.20, and then, just a minute, 19 seconds later, Ralph Stewart got his 21st from Jerry Hart and Tom Miller at 14:39. Islanders had a 2-1 lead. Then the Islanders got a power play chance late in the period. Goalie Phil Meir called for interference at 17:28, And Doug Rombaugh comes through his eighth goal of the year. Ralph Stewart and Dennis Potvan with the helpers at 18:32. It's a power play goal. And after 20 minutes, the Islanders held a 3-1 lead. Flames got back into it early on in the second period. Bob Leiter, his 24th from Pat Quinn at 6:49, making it a 3-2 hockey game. But Rombaugh scored again, again. It came on the power play, uh, giving the Islanders an advantage. Jacques Richard had a fight with Dave Hudson. But Richard picked up an extra two for elbowing. Rombaugh cashes in on the power play. His ninth of the year, second of the game. Again, Dennis Potvan and Ralph Stewart with the assist at 13:30. But the Flames came back. They managed to get goals by John Stewart at 16:16 unassisted, and Al McDonough, his 22nd from Tom Lysiak and Noel Price at 18:50. And all of a sudden, it's a 4-4 hockey game. But in the final minute of the second period, Bob Nystrom gets his 20th goal of the year. First time he reached that magic mark. 
Jean Potvin and Dave Hudson assist at 19-12, and the Islanders held a 5-4 lead after two periods. In the third, the Islanders put it away. Dennis Potvin, his 15th, from Billy Harris and Doug Rombaugh. Attendance at the Omni in Atlanta, 15,151. Flames outshoot the Islanders 36-32, but Jerry Desjardins uh, making uh, 32 saves to get his eighth win of the season. Rombaugh, two goals and one assist. Dennis Potvin, a goal and two assists to lead the Islanders. As far as plus-minus was concerned, Burt Marshall was a plus-two to lead the way. And Ralph Stewart and Doug Rombaugh, each with five shots on goal. Bill Billy McMillan had four just behind them. But overall, a nice win for the New York Islanders. A 6-4 to four victory on the road against their fellow expansion teams from the year before, the Atlanta Flames. Islanders' 17th win of the season. They had only 12 in their first season, so this one put them five ahead with a few games uh, left on the schedule. Happy 70th birthday to former Islanders center Doug Rombaugh as we remember one of his best games as an Islander. All right, so... One nice little piece posted the other day on the Islanders' official website. Uh, a number of the Dynasty-era Islanders, Bobby Nystrom, Brian Trottier, Dennis Potman, Clark Gillies, all talking about their experience on the television show The Superstars. And that, for those of you who aren't old enough to remember, The Superstars uh, ran on ABC, usually during the summer uh, I think they usually held it in Hawaii, and they had athletes and retired athletes from all the major sports compete against each other, you know, weightlifting, bicycle racing, swimming, uh, obstacle courses, all kinds of different events. And the Islanders, you know, those four players at different times and at different years represented hockey, and the Islanders in particular uh, against athletes from other sports. And it was good because, you know, back then, hockey not really as high a profile sport as, let's say, baseball or football. NBA wasn't so high profile back then either necessarily. It was just starting to increase in popularity. And, you know, seeing that the Islanders players did pretty well at the Superstars competition just went to show Hey, hockey players are great athletes as well. They're competitive. And seeing these guys reminisce about the Superstars competition, uh, just nice to see uh, some great memories and, and some cool stuff. So check that out on the Islanders' official website as those four players reminisce about their days on the Superstars uh, on ABC TV back in the late 70s slash early 80s um, when the Islanders were kings of the hockey world. All right, let's turn our attention now to the upcoming playoff series. And, you know, let's talk about two players who are going to be keys for their respective teams in this series. 
For the Islanders, offensively, one of the big keys, obviously, getting Matthew Barzal going in the playoffs. And, you know, Barzy, when he's at his best, is a great playmaker. He creates space on the ice, predominantly by using his speed, but he also has really good vision and creates plays off the rush extremely, extremely well. Alexander Barkov, however, is a very, very dangerous player for the uh, Florida Panthers. And he is a guy that the Islanders really need to be aware of in this series if they hope to be able to win. And you look at the numbers over the course of this season, and Barkov right now, 20 goals, 42 assists, 62 points. And, you know, he is one of those players that really makes the Florida Panthers offense go. And 20 of his points also, uh came on the power play, seven power play goals, 13 power play assists. The difference between Barkov and Barzal, one of the differences anyway, is that Barkov is not used to coming back and playing a strong game in his own zone. All Islanders players know that that is part of what the coaching staff demands. You are not going to play for Barry Trotz for very long. You're not going to get first-line minutes or second-line minutes if you're not responsible in your own zone. So Matthew Barzal, his statistics don't necessarily match Barkov's over the course of the season. Or Jonathan Huberdeau, who leads the Panthers with 78 points. You have Mike Hoffman, who led the team with 29 goals, and then Evgeny Dodonov, who had 25 goals. So those are the big scorers, realistically, on the Panthers. But realistically, Barkov is not used to playing defense the way that the Islanders are used to doing it. And it makes a difference, especially in the playoffs, because in the playoffs, defense is an absolute necessity. And, you know, most teams, even teams that play offense first during the regular season, are a lot more defensive-minded come the playoffs. And I have, you know, read a lot of scouting reports about Barkov, watched footage of him playing, and when he has to come back and help out on defense, he is not the same offensive player. Now, look, neither is Barzal, and if you look at Barzal statistically, his best season came two seasons ago when, A, he was the second-line center, not the first-line guy, because most of the other teams' checkers were concentrating on John Tavares back then, and B, he was playing in a system that was a lot less defensive-oriented. But those were statistics. When you get into the playoffs, and everybody plays that tighter checking, more defensive-oriented game, Barkov is going to have to make a major adjustment to his style of play 
and Barzal is not because he's already used to it. And that is one area where the New York Islanders will likely have an advantage over the Florida Panthers. Now, Joel Quenville is an excellent coach. He is experienced, and like Barry Trotz, he has won Stanley Cups. In fact, he has won multiple Stanley Cups. So his experience could partially offset some of this adjustment that needs to be made. But I think that overall, Barzal will be more comfortable in the playoff style and setting than Barkov will be. And uh, that is one thing to look for once the playoffs get underway. And we're going to have a lot more previews and angles and looks at this playoff series between the Islanders and the Panthers as we get closer and closer to that August 1st resumption of play. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. That helps other Islander fans find the show when they're doing a search. You could also tell a friend, a family member, a fellow Islanders fan about us. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the game of hockey. Have a great day, everybody. Remember, every day takes us one day closer to the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders.